All right, guys, the squash match is back, baby, with a prediction show, y'all. Prediction show. I really need to come up with, like, some legit music for this. But until then, you'll just have to deal with it. What's happening, you guys? It's John from Wrestling Plug, Inc. I'm back with another edition of the squash match. You all know what that means. I'm driving home from work. I got wrestling on the mind. What's on the mind today? AEW Revolution predictions. Yeah. AEW Revolution on Sunday, which is weird in itself. Usually that is a Saturday pay-per-view, and I loved it because who likes to stay up past midnight on a Sunday? And you already know AEW isn't doing no two-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view, which is, they shouldn't. You know, they shouldn't. They're charging 50, 60 bucks for the thing. You know, get your money's worth. At least make it worth it. But, you know, I got to be honest, as an old man in the game, the WWE's kind of ruined me for three-hour pay-per-views or done before 10. I love it. So then I feel like I can go to bed and get a decent night's sleep. But, hey, it's neither here nor there. I'm all for it. More wrestling is better. Like I was talking with my buddy Ray on Twitter, the sacrifices we make for the sport we love. So we'll be up late on tomorrow night. So let's just get going. Let's talk predictions, man. I'm pretty excited for this card. There's a lot of interesting stuff on it. You got Rio and Thunder Rosa, who I love. I think Thunder Rosa is fantastic. I had her in the finals of the the women's tournament tournament eliminator match. Didn't quite work out. Well, it worked out for me. She made it. She she didn't win. No, she didn't make the finals. She she didn't make the finals. The finals were Rio Mizunami. Never mind. I lied. (laughs) They're starting off strong with my predictions. Anyway, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, DMD, who should have won that tournament. I digress. And and Reba, or Rebel. Reba. I'm going to call her Reba. I don't care. But rumor has it, Reba is injured. So Britt Baker has the opportunity to go with someone else if uh, Reba can't make it. And I have a feeling that's going to happen. She's going to pair up with somebody. I'd like them to do something with Impact. You know, they have that talent, all that talent in the Impact roster. And they have the relationship. Kind of, you know do something there, you know, Jordan Grace was floated out at me, that'd be a lot of fun, hell, Jazz would be a lot of fun, ODB, why not, I'd like to see Big Swole on the spot if Reba can't go, either way, no matter how you shake it, I think Britt Baker and her partner get the W over Riho and uh, Thunder Rosa, as much as I'd rather, it's tough, I think that there's three women right there that are should be the face of your women's division. And the fact that they're not in the finals and potential and challenging, one of those three is not in the finals and challenging Sheeta is an interesting move, but let's see how it plays out. I like Riho Mizunami. If I'm saying her name wrong, I apologize. I find her extremely interesting when I watch her. I like her in-ring work. I think her and Sheeta will put on a bit. Let's just go ahead and couple... 
we'll talk about that. I'll put a cap on it. We'll talk about that match a little bit later because it's not on the pre-show like this match is. So let's give it its due on the main roster, on the main show, I should say. Now you got the Tag Team Casino Battle Royal. Man, AEW loves these Casino Battle Royals. And it's, it's, a, different, it's a different concept. I kind of dig it. You come out in groups, you know, of five, and there's like an ace-type deal at the end, so you never know. It's always some wild card team or person. So it's, it's fun. I kind of dig it. That said, this is Pac and Phoenix's battle royal to lose. I want to see them run roughshod over the division. I think with uh, Penta out for a while due to injury, you could see Pac and Phoenix, two of the best in-ring workers. Oh, my God. I love Ray Phoenix. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Ray Phoenix is, do yourself a favor and get some rework, uh, re- get some uh, research in. We all know what Pac can do, but if you don't know Phoenix, get to know Phoenix. That's my boy. So I'm going with him every time. Sorry, I'm snacking too. I had to get a little something to me. You know how I do. I drink on the way. Drink on the way home. A beverage, not alcoholic today. Rocking a Sprite. It just sounded good. Anyway, let's let's keep on down this card. Miro and Kip Sabian versus Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. I'm gonna be honest. This didn't need to be on the pay per view. If we're worried about it being like a six, seven hour pay-per-view, this is a match that, this is a dynamite match, if I'm being honest. And I and I like all the guys in, in, in participating in said match. But again, I, I don't know, it's a pay-per-view filler, which fine, whatever. Miro, Miro and Sabian got to win this thing. Miro needs these wins, in my opinion. If you want to showcase what Miro can do, you give him these wins. Orange Cassidy's bulletproof. That dude could win like that. That dude could lose like twenty matches, and people would still love him to death because he's got that cool, different factor. So he's pretty much bulletproof. So Miro, Saban, get the win. Hopefully they pivot from this and start doing some other stuff. This this has kind of grown a little tired to me, but that's just me. I don't think it's bad. I just how much more can you squeeze out of this lemon? And I don't mean lemon like it's a bad thing, like I just meant. That was the first thing that came to my head. How much more juice could you get out of the orange if you wanted me to be funny about it? Haha, <laughs> orange Cassidy, squeeze the juice, blah, blah. No, you know what I'm saying. Then, uh, then we've got the face of the revolution ladder match, which all the participants have not been announced yet. And that's another one they love to do. They have to have a big return or a new signing show up. Again, I think this is the perfect opportunity. If you want to do that relationship with Impact, I don't know how long you plan on doing it, but here's an opportunity to have, you know, like an Ace Austin show up at your pay-per-view or a Chris Bay or somebody with just like that you know you can put into a ladder match that's going to show out. They don't have to win. I'm fine with that. You've got Cody. You've got Lance Archer. Max Caster's in this. Scorpio Sky is in this. I know I'm missing another person. I can't think of off the top. Cody. Did I say Cody? 
Cody's in this thing. So Cody's always a front runner in these spots for obvious reasons. He's the face of the company. He's a guy that you can rely on in these type spots. But we've seen Cody Darby already a few times. Do we want to see it again? Do you want to see it again? Comment on the, if you're listening, comment, let me know. Do you want to see Cody and Darby square off again? I personally don't for now. I think there's some meat on that bone. I mean, I know that Sting at one point had teased Cody. I'm not quite here for you yet. So if you did have Cody win this particular ladder match, have him go up against Darby, maybe Sting gets involved and then you offshoot that into a Cody Sting program. I could be down with that, but I think it's too soon to pull the trigger on that matchup again. So my pick, and it's a little out of, not out of left field for diehard AEW fans, but if you were like looking at this lineup, you might not, I'm going to go with Scorpio Sky. I think he cut, did some stellar commentary work. I think it was on dark or it might've been, it was dynamite might've been dynamite when they, during the Max Caster, uh, 10 matchup, if I'm not mistaken. Again, for those that are uh, avid listeners, thank you. You know I do this in my car. I'm not doing a bunch of research. The only thing I did was write the matches down, so that way, in case I forgot a name, I had it ready to go, so I'm not dead-airing you guys here. But, yeah, I think it's Scorpio's guy. He's going to put on a hell of a match. I think him and Darby would have some really good chemistry in rings. I don't think Scorpio's guy... Of any match I've ever seen Scorpio Sky have, I've never seen a bad one. I'll say that. Are they all five-star bangers? Absolutely not. But the dude knows what he's doing in the ring. I love the cocky, confident side of him. I think that would play really well with the Darby, mysterious, like, oh, you know, I hang out with Sting type shit. (laughs) I'm being funny. I think Darby is an interesting character. But I think the two could play really well off each other. So, you know, let's let's go with Scorpio Sky. Cody can do some other things. Cody, Cody doesn't need these spots. As much as these spots are pretty much designed for him, he doesn't need it. He can get a title shot anytime he wants by just saying, I want a title shot. I'm Cody fucking Rhodes. This is your opportunity to put somebody else over. And I don't and I don't think Max Caster is quite ready. I don't hate the rap gimmick. I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> I like hearing what he has to say. I mean, he's not great at it, but it's still kind of funny. So let him keep doing that. But I know he's he's the few. He could be the future TNT and the TNT title division. I just don't think this is the time. But it's a nice chance to showcase him in front of a pay per view audience. So again, I'm rolling Scorpio Scorpio's guy face of the uh, face of the Revolution ladder match. So now we go on to Adam Hangman Page and Big Money Matt Hardy for money. They're wrestling for money. I mean, they wrestle for money, but they're wrestling for some, like, fictional amount of money. Big Money Matt running around trying to ruin the Dark Order, trying to ruin Hangman Page. I have a feeling that this matchup is going to be, or the, the winner is going to come out of this with some kind of, Dark Order interference or Matt Hardy's going to pay off, you know, like Jack Evans or some bullshit like that. I'm not really feeling Big Money Matt. I 
I just, I don't know. There's just something that doesn't click with me. And it's because I know this isn't like, that's not really Matt Hardy to me. You know, Woken Matt Hardy's, the Hardy Boys type Matt Hardy, Matted to, which I guess, I guess it's just the next evolution. He's an older, crotchety, I've got a ton of money guy. It doesn't work for me, but hey, whatever. If it doesn't work for me, that doesn't mean it doesn't work for you. And Hangman is a future world champion, in my opinion, and I think he's he's taking the long way to get there. I think it's time we cool him down. They cooled him down a little bit after his match with Jericho, the first, you know, AEW world championship match, and then he had his thing with Kenny, and he was the tag champs and that whole story. What is it with Adam Page? Everybody wants him to join up with him. But he just wants to be left alone. Let him do his thing. You know, I, I, I respect that. Short of negative one coming out tomorrow night and saying, hey, you're, we want you to lead us. He's not going to do it. I mean, he can't say no to negative one. That kid could sell you, that kid could sell you catch a popsicle if he had white gloves on. The dude's money. Anyway. Hangman Page gets the W. I fully expect John Silver to get involved. You know, private party. It's going to be goofy and hectic, but ultimately it's Matt Hardy's job here to put over Hangman. That's what you're here for. Make it happen. All right. Next up. The Street Fight. I talked a little bit about this one yesterday. You've got Sting and Darby Allen versus Team Taz's Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Sting's going to win. Hands down, Sting's getting the pin. He's going to win. It, you don't bring Sting back and do this weekly thing with Taz to have him lose. Everybody will get involved with Team Taz. Maybe some people come out of the woodwork to help Sting and Darby. I'm not sure who that would be. But it's Sting's win. I, that's all I got to say. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. Sting hasn't taken a real bump in, like, years. I know he took the powerbomb a couple weeks ago. But he hasn't been in a wrestling match since, I believe, Seth Rollins. And that was, I think, five years ago at this point. Maybe six. So you don't bring Sting back. You don't put him in this program to have him lose. Because if he loses, well, all right. What do you do with Sting then? I mean, you could have Team Taz get one over on Darby and Sting. And maybe Darby turns on Sting. Saying, like... I was using you all along, like I don't need you, but then that defeats the whole purpose of this storyline. Because there hasn't been any tension with Sting and Darby, even in the slightest, to suggest that that type of thing is going to happen. So, Sting and Darby, get the W, no problem, no questions asked. If this is a real in-ring match, not cinematic, I don't think it's going to last very long. Because I don't know if Sting can go for 30 minutes. This shouldn't last 30 minutes. 15, give him 15 minutes. Let Darby do some crazy shit. 
Ultimately, Sting slaps on the Scorpion Deathlock onto probably Ricky Starks. You want to protect Cage in this, I guess, protect Cage in this whole thing. And it's probably easier to get Starks into that thing. And Starks' facials are amazing, so him selling that shit will look great. Sting gets a W, handheld, and then he moves on to something else. I don't know what. Maybe he takes a back seat a little bit, and you see him in a few months. Maybe that's what you're doing with Sting. You're not. I don't know if you're parading him out 52 weeks a year, because at some point it's going to wear off, and you're just going to be like, ah, there's Sting again. Oh, Sting's interviewing Tony Schiavone. I, I don't think you want that. Maybe you do. If you do, that's awesome. I would prefer you use Sting in a, you know, different capacity where, you know, it, it's special. Like I said yesterday, I'm all for part-timers and old-timers wrestling. I'm cool with it if you use them the way they should be used. And I think they're using Sting the right way, but you do run the risk of overexposing your Sting-ish, your Stingness, your Sting, your Sting effect, whatever. You're overexposing it. If you continue to do this. So we'll see what happens. All right. Keeping on with the theme. And I don't know if there's been anything else announced or since I'm, I'm not doing much research. So I'm just going to keep going down the card that I found online. The Young Bucks AEW Tag Team Championship against the Inner Circles MJF and Le Champion. Chris fucking Jericho. Excuse my language, but you got to say it like that. It's Chris fucking Jericho. He's like on the Mount Rushmore in terms of like greatest of all times. I mean, it's hard. Anyway, that's another story. For another, that's another topic for another car ride. So you got the Bucks. You got the inner circle. I'm not sure. So... The AEW tag team division has always kind of been perplexing to me because you have such a deep, deep pool of tag teams that if you had them as champions, I'd be like, yeah, that makes total sense. And the inner circle has a badass tag team in Pride and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz. So to go the MJF, Jericho route, which I get why you're doing that. And there's this, you know, we're all expecting MJF to make a turn at some point because that's what MJF does. He's, he's a cocky piece of shit. He's a heel. He's one of the best shit heels in the business. And if anybody comments Baron Corbin, I'm going to shut that shit down. If you want to comment Baron Corbin, you go right ahead. That's your prerogative, but He's not better than MJF. Anyway, so, and with the Bucks, I I get why they have the titles. They should have held the titles at some point. It's their company. They're one of the greatest tag teams of all time, contrary to how Jim Cornette feels. <laughs> Jim Cornette hates AEW so much. But that's, I, I anyway. But again, I find the Bucks, to be completely honest with you, I find them bigger than the belts. And they're they're in this weird thing with the Good Brothers right now, the Impact Tag Team Champions. So there's all this, like, and I like that they have multiple stories, but to me it's like, 
why not have the Good Brothers in this spot? Why not? Unless there was a scheduling conflict that maybe I don't know about or whatever it may be. Impact titles versus AEW tag titles. That would be fun in itself. So I think there's going to be some chicanery here. There's going to be some kind of, you know, fuck finish, if you will. And I think the Bucks come out on top. I'm going to roll with the Bucks. I don't think you lose it to Jericho and MJF. but I Because I think if MJF and Jericho lose in this spot, Sammy Guevara is going to cost them the belt. Or they're going to turn on each other. Because they're basically using the tag team championship match as an opportunity to further that storyline, which is which is ultimately what I think they're doing. They're they're using this as an opportunity, and the Young Bucks versus Jericho and MJF on a marquee looks better than the Young Bucks Bucks versus H two, where you know what whatever it may be. Eventually, I think that we get Young Bucks FTR again. I think they're just, again, separating for a little while so it doesn't get stale. And that's, that is something I enjoy in AEW. They, they let, they'll have that feud, and then they'll let it die for a little bit. But it's always in the back of your mind. You're always craving, like, oh, I can't wait for Young Bucks FTR 2. That's going to be amazing. So ultimately, Bucks win. Jericho, MJF, this will continue the, the possible deception within the inner circle. I, I, I have a feeling some people are going to get involved, but it's going to be a good match. I, I can't imagine this match not being on the short list of show stealers. So we'll continue down the road. And we are finally, as we talked about earlier, we're at Hikaru Shida versus Rio. Mizunami. And again, if I mispronounced her name, I'm sorry. I like her. I do. So I just, I, I'm driving and I don't want to butcher her name. Anyway, you guys, we're, we're getting off topic. Sheeta has had the longest reign in AEW history, short history of the women's title. But again, how many real strong title defenses has she had? How many really dominant, like, programs has she to had where you're like yep maybe a couple like the program she had with with nyla wasn't bad i i enjoyed that there's this and then i know everybody's pissed that it's mizunami in this spot and not a Britt baker not a thunder rosa not even not i mean not even nyla and it is perplexing to me you have ready-made you two in my opinion, you have two ready-made bases of the division. Britt Baker should have that title yesterday. That's my opinion. So I wonder what they're doing with Britt Baker. Why they're, like, hesitant to pull the trigger on that decision. And I know I don't want to get too far into speculating. I know this is Kenny's, Kenny's in charge of the women's division. And I don't know if he ultimately makes the call or if Tony Khan makes the call. But if they're not seeing that Britt Baker has drastically improved since day one and has got, like, Sheeta Baker would be amazing. But I can't I can't sit here and talk about that all day because she's not in the match. 
And again, you know, I love Thunder Rosa. I think she would be awesome in this spot. I think Rosa Sheeta is a good matchup. But again, she's not in the match. Rio Mizunami is. And Mizunami had a very good to great Eliminator tournament. She took out Aja Kong. She showed out. She wrestled her ass off. And I think her and Sheeta is gonna they're gonna have a killer match. And I and I don't think it's gonna disappoint. It's just not the people that we want in it, so it takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails. But you need to watch it for what it is. I do, however, I think Sheeta comes out on top, hands down. She wins this match, dominant fashion. Her next challenger shows up, lays her out, grabs the belt, stands over top of her, proclaims she's next, and whoever it is, I feel like is next. So if Baker comes out and does what I'm thinking is going to happen, that's your next women's champion. Sheeta's had a hell of a run. I like Hikaru Sheeta a lot. I think she's uber-talented. I just think it's time for something else in the women's division. And she's had the title long enough. It's a time for something new. Whoever comes out, that's your next title holder. I'm just calling it now. Bold prediction. Mark it down. Take a picture. Time stamp it. Whatever you got to do. And now to the main event of Revolution, which has a lot of mixed emotions on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and wherever you get your wrestling uh, chatter. The exploding barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and John Jonathan Moxley. What the? F- <laughs> All right. If I, I don't know how to feel about this because it's one of those things that can it live up to the hype and the expectation? And in 2021, can you have a no death match I've ever seen has been a safe looking non blood fest death match type. And some people enjoy that. I, I guess that's not for me. Like if I was going to go out of my way, I don't, do the deathmatch thing first. Yeah, if one's on like this one, I'll watch it. I'm curious to see how it plays out. You know, we, the Cactus Jack, Terry Funks, I've seen those. It's just, it's, and then Kenny Omega's like building some contraption and he's in like, he's in welding gear and stuff on dynamite. It's crazy to me. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I got nothing, okay? I don't have any insight or, like, profound. I'm just super curious on how they're going to pull this off and keep them safe in 2021 and how it's going to look. And I hope it doesn't come off as corny and cheesy. I really hope it looks awesome, and I hope it kicks ass because I, I like both competitors here. I think this is an opportunity for AEW to maybe – give Mox some time off because I know he's got, he's got a baby coming with Renee. So it's a great opportunity. He loses to Kenny Omega, you know, maybe they kayfabe an injury or something, but 
but they can't, I, again, they can't really do that either because he's got the IWGP United States Championship around his waist as well. So he'd have to go take care of that too. But maybe that's all part of the plan. He, he loses his match. He takes a little time off AEW. Maybe he goes to New Japan, drops the belt to Kenta or something about that effect. And, you know, we just, we get some new challengers lined up for Kenny. Start, because after you have an exploding barbed wire death match, what more can you possibly do? I'll wait. There's nothing left in the feud for you to do. So if you have that match on Sunday... And Wednesday, Mox is like, I want another shot. No, bro. You just lost an exploding barbed wire death match. We're not doing this again. So that's my opinion. And the way to not do it again is just to write Mox off for a little bit. Because, again, I don't know what you do right away with John Moxley if he loses this. And you're not having Kenny lose because you're not having him drop the belt right away because he needs to have a long title run. I feel like to legitimize the whole point of him being an AEW. But again, that's another time another day. But again, I can't on Wednesday night I can't truly believe after this hellacious match, you know, fucking Kip Saban's gonna come out and be like, You're next, Mox, I want a piece. Dude do need some time off after that. <laughs> I need some time off probably after just watching it, because I'm already getting cringy and sore just thinking about it. So that's the card. I did miss one thing going down the card because I got really excited. This, this Squatch Mash podcast is going a little longer than I'm used to. So thanks for sticking it out if you've made it this far. Paul White is going to announce a Hall of Fame level signing. And reckless speculation is everywhere. Now, AEW loves to paint themselves into these like unwinnable corners where it's like, Tony Khan will come out and say, what's going to happen on Dynamite is going to change the landscape of professional wrestling. And it doesn't ultimately change the landscape of professional wrestling. Cody likes to come out. The Bucks like to say, oh, I'm never going to challenge for the titles again if I lose this match. You don't have to do stuff like that, right? But, I mean, you got my interest. But who is it going to be? Does anybody have a clue? I saw some teasers today that might be Kurt Angle. Rumor has it that this person they're signing is Tony Khan, one of Tony Khan's all-time favorite wrestlers. So I feel like it's going to be a legend of some type, an older gentleman, possibly not in the Hall of Fame, that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But again, you say Hall of Fame caliber, it could be a young talent that you feel like is the future of the business that could be a Hall of Famer, and you're just building them up. So I'm I'm like, Ethan Page is out there. That could be fun, Uh, you know. Is it going to be CM Punk? I wish, but every week, I every week, not every week, but every month or so, I wait for CM Punk to return, and he never does. So CM Punk, if you're listening, I, I wish you'd come back, but I understand why you don't. So you do you, buddy, but I'll be here waiting patiently for that day when the call to personality hits and I can cry. I might actually cry if CM Punk ever came back. That's how much I love CM Punk. <laughs> All right, I might not cry, but, you know, I, I'm going to get emotional about it. All right, so that's the card. I don't know who the Hall of Fame Famer is going to be. If I was a betting man, I'll put my money on Kurt Angle because he ain't doing anything. 
WWE doesn't need to do anything with him. Baron Corbin being his last match is the worst way to take a legend such as Kurt Angle and, uh, you know, have him end his career. That's a terrible move, WWE. On that note, guys, what a, with a little extra time, a little overtime on the squash today. We had a lot to talk about because it was a, it's a deep card. Are you excited for Revolution? Who are your picks? Drop them in the comments section when I post this on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always, and also look us up on your favorite podcast applications, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. The Wrestling Plug Inc. podcast, the squash match is there. And as always, hit up our WordPress and check out the independent spotlights we're dropping. I just dropped one with Mad, Mad Dog Conley. That dude was a lot of fun to talk to, real down to earth, a lot of cool stuff in that. His time with Paradigm Pro. You know, again, Christian Mox is still, they're all up. They're all out there. There's about 80 of them. So if you, you know, if there's an independent wrestler you like, I've probably talked to them as of, you know, this past couple years. So please keep up on that. And until next time, guys, we are out and enjoy revolution.